What's up? Welcome to the J Space Podcast. I'm your host, Jay, and this is my space. Woo! And today I have two special guests. I got my friend uh Samadhi Free here. What's up, Samadhi? What's goody? Yeah. And I got my friend Abba. Abba's fitness. What's going on, bro? What's good, brother? <laughs> How y'all doing? Good, I'm good. good yeah, doing good. How you? How you doing? Oh man, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be doing my first episode for this podcast. So I'm, yes. you know, just ready to get it started. Like, you know, are you guys ready to yeah, help me kick this excited, thing off, man? Yes, let's go. Let's yeah. get it. Get yes. it steady. All right. So you guys know this is a true crime podcast, so we will be talking about you know some some pretty bad things. So just. Be prepared. I'm not sure if you guys are prepared for that, but you know. So y'all ready? Yes. You ready? All yes, right. Well, let's get into it. So let me paint the picture for you guys. The year is 2002, a time much simpler than today. Ashanti was topping the charts with her hit "Foolish." Nelly was letting us know it's hot in here. <laughs> and the Osbournes premiere on, T- on MTV. Okay. Ooh. And what was just a normal day in a small town called Resk, Texas, would prove to be a day that will rock the community forever. Just for a minute, what were y'all doing it back in 2002? Do y'all know? Um, Back in 2002, I, like, I was, you know, probably at daycare, chilling it, um, eating snacks, goldfish, uh, you know, pretzels. Okay. <laughs> Apple? Excuse me. Okay. So anyway, Rusk is a small <laughs> town about two hours north of Houston, Texas. Um, have you guys mm-hmm. you guys were familiar with Houston, right? Um, kinda, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Energy. <laughs> um, the population of Rusk is about fifty thousand people, give or take. So it's a very, very small community. Um so, you know, with the town that small, you kind of know everybody. It's not uncommon to know somebody who knows somebody. You know what I mean? Uh, let me introduce y'all to some people. We have Nikki Ansley. Um, Nikki was an all-around American teenager. She was on the drill team, the softball team, you know, the baseball team. So she was, like, basically, like, that girl at her school. So she played – she actually led her team um, in the playoffs. Like, they actually had a 9-1 victory. You know, in the playoffs. So she was doing her thing. You know what I mean? She was out here. She was getting it. Uh, She was actually engaged to her her high school boyfriend. His name was Aaron P. Demet. And her life was just sort of going really well. Wait, they was engaged in high school? Well, I think she got engaged after high school, but they were were both like 19 years old. So they were engaged. Mm -hmm. I think they even moved in together. So they were like, you know, being grown at 19. Uh, Yeah. Because I'm 23. Mm -hmm. You know, enough about my sad life. Continue. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you, man. But, uh, yeah. So she was engaged to her her, her fiancé, Aaron P. Demet, who um, they were actually going to get married that year. So this was 2002. Um, she was very well liked, and everybody just kind of knew her as that girl that you can, like, go to. Like, you needed a ride. You needed food. You just – she was a very helpful person. Um, and because she was so excited about, you know, her new engagement – she actually wanted to get a job. 
Um, and she, her mom was like, no, I don't want you to get a job. Like, well, she actually wanted to get this job to help pay for an engagement ring, you know, for her, her boyfriend or her fiance. Mm-hmm. And her mom was like, you know, I don't really want you to do that. I'll pay for the, the ring for you. I don't really want you to do that. But she was like, no, I want to do this for myself. And, you know, I respect that. You know, you want to do things for yourself. This is your engagement, you know, it's your <laughs> life. So she's getting married at 19 and her parents don't want her to work. Great. My life is going fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just still stuck. I, I know you haven't even got to the crime part, but damn, her life is just so good. I mean, maybe it's good that oh, I ain't gonna say that because I don't know what happened to her. So oh, somebody shut <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody's like perfect, but her sure is looking like it because you know, yeah. she, she, right. she's living the life. I mean, it couldn't have been that perfect because we talking about it now on the two crime shows. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but you don't, okay? Well, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, it was something she wanted to do for herself, and um, she had a she actually had a friend that worked at a local like convenience store. Um, and the convenience store was named BDJ's Convenience Store, right? Um, it was like a gas station, you know, like BDJ's. Seven, BD, BDJ's. Oh. <laughs> Don't forget the D. B- <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> BDJ's uh, gas station or convenience store. Um, and her her friend's name was Candace Candace Driver. So they actually met at church, and then you know that friendship, you know was strong and she was able to get her a job at where she worked so unfortunately i couldn't really find much about candace driver all i really know was that they met at church and that you know she was able to get her that job but um on september 2nd 2002 around 10 p.m only just like a couple weeks after nikki actually started working at this job like things were about to take a turn for the worse nikki was in the front of the store counting the money and the register her friend Candace was in the back of the store by the coolers. And when Nikki, like, all of a sudden, she spotted, like, these two figures walking toward the door. Um, so two men entered BDJ's convenience store, but they wasn't there for refreshments or snacks. Uh-oh. These two men were sporting masks, and they were armed with a shotgun. These two men were Richard Cobb and Bianca Adams. And, yes, his name is Bianca. Wait. Um, <laughs> okay yeah um no comment you know at first when i read it, i thought it was like is it bunker there's no way this is bianca but <laughs> yeah his name is bianca adams so um richard cobb was 18 years old at the time um cobb he had a he had a very rough upbringing he was like in and out of jail when he was younger um you know he actually dropped out of high school halfway through his senior year and it's like bro like you couldn't have just stuck it out that rest right. of the year like you made it, you would. I never understood that when you get all the way to twelfth grade and say, you know what, I don't want to do it no more. But you know, <laughs> hey, do what you got to do. Some people got to do it, but I just, you know, that's just twelfth grade. Go ahead and finish it. But anyway, um, Cobb and his two brothers were actually adopted, and they all suffered neglect and you know serious abuse from their birth mother. Um, he was even had said to have suffered brain damage from his mother's drug abuse and alcohol abuse uh-huh. while she was actually pregnant with him. So, um. He actually started using drugs at the age of 12. Like, what the heck? Um, And he had a pretty good rap sheet by the time he was a teenager. Um, He had been involved in burglaries, thefts. You know, he was just he was just on the wrong on the wrong track. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Bianca was pretty similar. He had a, a rap sheet himself. Um, he was actually 19 years old. Um, and he, he met Richard at a boot camp when they were in, like in the ninth grade. So they kind of built this relationship. You know, they had pretty similar backgrounds. So um, let's see. Apparently, Richard Cobb had got himself into some trouble and he needed some money to pay back a drug dealer. So him and Adams, they kind of sort of came up with a plan to start doing armed robberies because they felt like, you know, you can get more money when you rob people with a gun. I don't know how true that is, but, you know, it makes sense if you go to a gas station or, you know, a mall and you can have a gun, you can get money out the register rather than, you know, breaking into somebody's house. You don't really know what's in the person's house. It may not be anything in there, but. You know, but, you know, BDJ's was their latest hit. So um, Candace Driver was immediately made to stand behind a cash register with um, Nikki and the mask men demanded money to which driver opened the cash register while Cobb held the shotgun at them. Um, Adams grabbed the drawer and took all the money out. So, you know, hopefully it was money. Um, and I watched a documentary about this, and basically there wasn't even that much money in there because this was a small town. There wasn't many people coming in there. So, I mean, from what she made it seem like, they really didn't really didn't get any any money from this. So it was kind of like, well, wow. what was it all for? Kenneth Wayne Vendiver, Vin, Vendiver um, was also in the store that day, and he was just like a regular, you know, frequent patron of the store, of BDJ's convenience store. He was basically always there and he kind of just kept the like the ladies company. Um, he was one of those guys that would just come in there and like help them clean up and just do, you know, do little stuff like that because he actually was mentally disabled, like mentally um, handicapped because he was actually in a car accident. So he couldn't actually hold it, like keep a job himself. So he just kind of helped out. Um, he was like 38 years old at this time. So when he saw what was going on, he actually tried to like walk out and they were like, no, Kenneth get behind the counter. So they actually said his name and they were like, no, Kenneth get behind the counter. So when, um, when he said that when the, one of the burglars said that, you know, that's when Nikki noticed, she was like, okay, these guys are from around here because how else would they know his name? Right. Yeah. Stupid. Right. So Cobb and Adams, they decided to take at Ansley, Driver, and Vandiver as hostages. So, yeah, they actually ordered um, Driver to hand over her car keys, and she had a Cadillac that was parked outside. And um, the crazy part is the Cadillac wasn't even hers. She actually borrowed that Cadillac to go to work that day. So I was (laughs) like, come on now. Uh, Abba, you good over there? Okay. Um, <laughs> they must have them. Damn, they killed it. They they got kidnapped him. God damn. <laughs> okay. So they got they they forced him into the you know the the vehicle and um during the drive Nikki was sort of talking to um what's his name Adams during the drive Nikki was talking to Adams and that's when she sort of realized that she kind of noticed that he was familiar. So like he kind of started realizing that she was recognizing him and he took, he, he took his mask off and that's when he revealed his face. So, you know, that's actually like a bad sign. If somebody kidnaps you and they show you their face, that's usually means that you probably 
are not going to make it out of this situation alive because who's going to show you their face if they're doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to kidnap you. Why go through the hassle of all that just to show your face and get caught later? So right. um, the crazy part is he actually went to her school and they knew each other. <laughs> um, he was actually friends with her fiance. Like they both played on the football team. So she was familiar with him, but she didn't really just know him like that. So um, Adams had, act- well, I already said that part. Uh, so Adams repeatedly told them that, you know, they would not be hurt and that, you know, he was just looking for money for his children. And at some point, Adams turned off the road and drove the vehicle into a field known as the pea patch. So I guess they grow peas there, kind of like just tall grass, tall plants. You know, you really can't see anything out there unless you like just happen to walk up on somebody. You're not going to really know anything is out there. Right. Um, very secluded area. So, you know, so he forced everyone out of the car. Adams forced driver and Vanver into the trunk while Cobb held the gun. So then Adams actually took uh, Nikki into the wooded area where he sexually assaulted her. Yeah, kind of, kind of crazy. Um, and then after they, after he was done assaulting her, he brought her back to the car, um, where they released driver and Vanver out of the trunk. So then Cobb and Adams then told the three hostages that they could wait for a while and then leave. You know, they were like, "Okay, you guys can wait here. We're gonna leave, and then like we're gonna give that'll give us time to leave, and then y'all can go run away or do whatever." But then they like changed their mind for some reason because they were like worried that they would reach a house or reach some neighbors before they were able to get far enough away. So they was like, you know what? That's not a good plan. We're just, we're going to have to do something else. So then Nikki suggested that they, that he just tied them up with like their shirts or whatever, because in her mind, she was like, if he ties us up with our shirts, then, you know, that'd be easy to get out of because if he uses like a rope or if he goes find a vine or something, we may not be able to break free from that as easily. So she put that idea in his head. She's like, just use our shirts or whatever. So he ended up having them take their shirts off and then he like tied them up with their own shirts. However, Kenneth, he didn't tie him up with his shirt. Kenneth was like, their plan was to like leave Kenneth untied so that they was like, okay, then we'll just leave Kenneth untied. Then we'll leave and then he'll untie y'all. And by the time he unties y'all, you know, we'll be gone. But then he was like, we don't want to do that either. So Kenneth started getting like upset because remember he's like kind of mentally challenged or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he's starting to get upset because he's like, it's getting late. He's like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And he's like, I need my medicine. It's time for me to take my medicine. And I guess they were getting kind of frustrated with him because he was like being loud. He wasn't cooperating. He's just like, look, I need to take my medicine. I want to go home. Why are y'all doing this? Like he was basically freaking out. He began to get frustrated and protest. He needed his medicine. Um, all of a sudden, Nikki and uh, Candace heard a gunshot, and Adams was Adams asked, "Like, did we get anybody?" Like, he was like, "Did I shoot any one of y'all?" And then, for some reason, um, Candace was like, "No," <laughs> and then they heard a second shot, and then a few mo- moments later, Vandiver cried out, "Like Kenneth!" He actually shot Kenneth. So Kenneth was like, "They shot me! They shot me!" And he like fell forward. So then, after they shot him they turned their, you know, the shotgun towards, you know, Nikki and Candace. So then a third shot went off and he shot Nikki in the back with a shotgun. Uh-huh. In her, right. So uh-huh. this is the crazy part. And, and this was smart. So like when Nikki fell forward, cause she actually got shot 
Candace fell for it too. Like she got shot too. Mm-hmm. So it kind of threw him off. He was kind of confused. Like, wait, I shot her, but they both fell over. So then he was kind of confused and he was like, um, he asked her, he was asking uh, Candace if she was bleeding and she didn't say nothing because she was acting like she got shoot, got shot, <laughs> got mm-hmm. shoot. She was <laughs> acting like she got shot. So he he was like, if you don't say you, if you don't say if I hit you and I'm gonna shoot you in the face. And she was like, No, 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 you didn't shoot me. So then he actually shot right by her face with the shotgun. Like, I don't know if he he like tried to blow her head off or if he just missed or whatever, but he shot like right by her face with the shotgun. And all it did was just like blow the dirt and debris all over the place and like covered her face up with dirt. So you really couldn't tell if she got shot in the face or not. It just looked like a bunch of dirt on her face and just, you know, looked crazy or whatever. So, you know, after he shot her, he thought, I don't know if he thought she was dead or not, but he went back to Nikki, who actually was shot in the back. And he was like, he was trying to see if she was dead. So he like grabbed her by the hair and he lifted her whole like upper body about her head, like by the back of the head. And he was like trying to see if she was still breathing. Um, but she was actually playing dead. So they were both playing dead. Wow. And, right. So he put her up by the back of the head and he was like, are you dead? And then the other guy was like, she's dead. But before they left, they walked away, they started like kicking her, like stomping her. <gasps> like they actually stomped her so bad. They like, um, def- what is it called? They, She had like a deflated lung, like they crushed her lung and they like mm-hmm. broke like all her ribs on her, like on like on her right side of the body. So wow. they jacked her up. They jacked her up pretty good. Um, and then they was like, oh, then what is it? The other guy, uh, what was his name? Cobb. He was like, I think she's dead. Let's go. So then they take off. So Nikki is like basically blacked out because, you know, she's bleeding out and, you know, her ribs are broken and she has a punctured lung. Like she is really like hurting or whatever. She like, passes out and then when she wakes up she just gets up and she starts walking like to the like a neighbor's house or whatever so when she gets to the house she like banging on the door and then she just passes out on the porch now her friend candace somehow like i don't know she just got super lucky but the bullet the gut the shotgun shot missed her but it like one of the um pellets from the shotgun did like hit her in the lip so the only really damage she got was just like like a some kind of hit to the lip, kind of like bust her lip or whatever. But other than that, she was pretty much completely like unharmed by this whole situation. So I have a question, but I don't know if I should ask now or what? if you're going to say it in a second. What's the so question? where did Candace go when um, Nikki was walking to the, the house, like the neighbor's house? So the crazy part is I could not find out where she went, but I know that she met up with um, she met up with Nikki at the hospital. Like Nikki was in the hospital pretty much that same day, and uh, Candace actually came to the hospital. Like she was already there getting treated, I think. So, I guess they just met up at the hospital. She just took off, and that's yeah. I couldn't find out exactly where she went, but yeah, I wondered that too. <laughs> when she when uh, Nikki was in the hospital, she was actually able to identify you know Bianca because she knew him, but. The crazy thing is Cobb never took his mask off, but she somehow was able to remember him just by his eyes. Like, that's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, because, you know, they all went to school together. Yeah. So 
she was like, okay, I know those eyes. They look very familiar. So she was actually able to pick him out out of a lineup. So That's get the right. It's crazy. So then Cobb and Adams, they actually fled to Adams' cousin's house. And this is the jacked up part. Well, actually, it's the good part. But Adams' cousin actually saw like something about about them on the news and was like, okay, I think it's these two dudes in my house, my cousin and his friend. So his the cousin actually was like tipped off the police and was like, they over here, come get them. Like he actually, <laughs> cousin actually ratted them out. Like what the <laughs> heck? So yeah, the next day the police came in and, you know, picked them up and, you know, they were on their way to getting prosecuted and everything. So let's talk about the trial and everything. So, this is the funny part. At the trial, like when both of them were set for trial, they both blamed each other. Like they were like, no, it wasn't me. Like it wasn't my idea. I'm not the one who um shot or whatever. It was the other one. Like they were both trying to blame each other at first. But then Cobb actually admitted that he was the one who shot Kenneth. But that um what's his name? Adams was the one who shot the women. So basically that was um, they both kind of had that same story at the end where, you know, he Cobbs actually shot Kenneth and Kenneth was the only, you know, fatality in this situation. So they were both being tried for capital murder for the murder of Kenneth. So basically they were both eligible for, you know, the death sentence. The jury convicted Adams of capital murder on August 2004. And he actually said that because I, I, I wondered this, too, because you remember when I said he shot the ground in front of in front of Candace? Yeah, I was wondering if he did that on accident or if he did that on purpose. But in his statement, he actually said that um, he pretended to shoot her because he didn't want his friend to kill her. Like he was like his friend shot Kenneth. He shot um, Nikki. But he was like when she fell for, he was like, OK, I don't want to hurt her. So he's saying he pretended to shoot her. And he was like, what man in their right mind couldn't shoot a person, you know, two feet in front of them laying on the ground. So I wondered, like, do you, do you think he did that on purpose or, like, what do you think? Hmm. I think that... See, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what to say yet. I don't know what to say yet. I mean, because how hard... So this is this is what this was interesting, interesting to me because I'm like, you asked somebody, if I if you asked her, like, are you hurt? Did I shoot you? Are you bleeding? He was like, are you bleeding? Are you bleeding? She was like, no, you didn't hit me. And you're going to shoot by her face. You could have shot her in the back. You could have shot her back in the head. Like you had all these. There are so many places you could actually shot her, but you choose shows to shoot by her face. Like, I just feel like I kind of believe him. Like, I don't think he actually wanted to shoot her, but I don't know. He might have just missed. So, I mean, that is right. a possibility, but I just thought that was very right. strange because that stuck out to me when when they read that part from, you know, the victim's testimony. And then for him to say that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's kind of strange. But let's see. He he also stated that Cobbs asked him um, to come with him to rob a few places and that he didn't really think that violence was going to be involved. But when he got in the store, he realized that Cobbs didn't actually have a plan. He just was going to go in there and just kind of play it by ear. So that's when he felt like he had to take charge of the situation. So they didn't really intend on kidnapping them. It kind of just, he kind of just did that to buy them time to come up with like what to do next. So it was just yeah. all very unorganized and they really didn't know what the heck they were doing. Yeah. And unfortunately, 
I believe, because, I mean, just from the whole story of them not knowing what to do with, um, like, we're trying to get away, like, you know, that just get, didn't know what they were doing. And you literally took advice from your hostages. Like, right. If you're a criminal, um, I don't know, like, that just doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do. Right, like, how are you gonna ask me? Like, why? Why am I giving you advice on how to, right. <laughs> how to kidnap me? This is, this is not my job. You have exactly. one job to do. <laughs> yeah. So it just, it was all, all very, um, unorganized and just sloppy. And and unfortunately, you know, somebody lost their life to this this situation. Richard Aaron Cobb was executed by lethal injection in Texas on April twenty fifth. 2013 and Bianca Adams was executed by lethal injection on April 26, 2012. So they were both 29 when they when they died. But so, why so long? Like why did it I'm not I'm not saying that death penalty or not. But why was the um you know the time so prolonged that this happened in 2002, right? Yeah, it happened in two thousand and two. Yeah, is it and is I, it because of like the trial or? Yeah, it was like the trial, and then they had to get um test of like testimonies, and then it was at like one point there was some inmate I forget I think his name was Thomas. He was like basically snitching on um cops, you know, because I think they were cellmates at one point, and cops was kind of telling him stuff like how he felt no remorse for killing um Kenneth and that he. Um, like for, he was mad that he found out that the girl survived because that means that he was going to be in jail. Like he was just saying some stuff like he didn't regret it. He would do it all over again. Um, now it's, they don't know if Thomas is telling the truth. Cause you know, he's also in jail. So he may be trying to cop a deal to get less time or something. Right. You know how you can do that. You can cop a deal for information. Um, but it's just, you know, a lot of times when people go on death row, they sit on death row for a long time. Like, there's oh. people on death row that have been on there for like 10, 20 years. I don't know why sometimes it just takes a long time to get these people, you know, out of there, but it, yeah. it can take a long time. I actually think that's pretty quick. 10 years. Can you imagine like knowing that you're about to get executed? That's like the craziest feeling, like to sit in that chair. That's just yeah. like, are y'all, you said you're against the, or you said you're against no, I said I'm not saying whether I'm for it or against it, but yeah, I, I mean, don't know. situations like you know, I I feel like it's wrong to intentionally kill a human in any way it goes. You know, whether it be the death penalty, whether what they did, you know, they murdered someone. I feel like that's wrong to intentionally kill someone. But on the other hand they did kill so it's you know i you know so i i honestly don't even know where i stand in that whole you know death penalty thing but you know yeah i don't know i, I kind of feel like the death penalty is when you really think about it, it just seems kind of old like old time because like i think of like guillotines and Mm-hmm. And people getting stoned, like I, I still kind of gives me that vibe. Of it just does outdated, but it's like 
what can you really do? Like, what I honestly feel like the death penalty should be at the the mercy of the family who who's whose person or whose loved one was killed because what exactly. if they didn't even, yeah like what if they didn't even want him to get the easy way out because a lot of people feel like death is the easy way out like some people feel like it's hard worse mm-hmm. to just sit in jail for 60 years than just to get killed and be out of jail and you know mm-hmm. yeah so i feel like that should be the the people the, the family's um yeah. decision but you know that's just my opinion and this is kind of like a different situation but i'm not really too like informed on the um you know the death penalty but so like if say someone like um they were driving and they like hit a pedestrian and they killed them but it wasn't on purpose but they you know they still killed them um do you think or have there been cases where people got gotten um, the death penalty for that were they like drunk driving or something oh just um Maybe they were like. I think that's involuntary. I think that is involuntary manslaughter. I don't think that's death penalty worthy. Uh, um, but I could be wrong. I'm actually not too informed on that either. But I think that's called involuntary manslaughter when you accidentally kill somebody. Um, right. But I know you still go to jail for that. But you know. Yeah. That that penalty is like when it's planned capital murder, like when you plan that out, or like you know you you there was an intent to harm or kill in that. Okay, that's what I think. But I definitely need to do some more research on that. So don't quote yeah. me on that. But... Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. But yeah, but I yeah. will know that because you know this is the first episode. I'm gonna eventually be able to tell you about penal code five six seven eight two and <laughs> how that affects, how that affects inmates and all that. I'm, I'm gonna be able to tell you a lot of stuff. Yeah. But Abba, you kind of quiet. What you got to say? Let me find out he went to sleep on my podcast. <laughs> hey, that's how I think he did. Can I hear me now? Yeah. I was saying, can y'all hear me so long? That whole really? time? Oh my God. I was like, damn. Wow. Disconnect, connect, but I did a lot of stuff. But I listened, though. I end up listening. Just listening. We we haven't yeah, heard you since. Story, um, stories, stories. You say he's sleeping <laughs> with me. I'm like, no. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to I'm gonna say some shit he can hear me. Wow. Well, I just connect my AirPod, connected. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, he said I'm sleeping. No, I'm not sleeping. I say no. You talk about it, this story, the first one and the second day for I was listening. But I just listened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess next week <laughs> we'll hear we'll hear a little bit more from Apple where we're right. not having technical. Well, I mean, I'll tell man, my thoughts man. on it. Uh, okay. So, I was saying, uh, like, um, I think that they should be smarter criminals because from the store that they chose was um, very idiotic. Um, like, mm-hmm. you're gonna choose a small little. I don't. I wouldn't even call it a department store because it sounds just like a little gas station type store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that and then they had no plan, and then, like, I don't know if they knew that um the girls from their school worked there before they went in there. But I mean, as soon as I see somebody that I go to school with, somebody that I know knows me, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm out of there. You know, I'm gonna be like, of course. whether I pull the gun out first or not, I'm gonna be like, just kidding, yeah. April Fool's, get the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got one. I'm, we got I'm you sorry, got three like, choices. You gotta kill that person. 
to me. You like I was just playing. Dang. You got you got three, right. you got three options. You give that person who knows you, and then or you just say "ever fool" and leave. And yeah, that's too. Well, when you take that's your stupid. mask off, you know you intended to kill the person because like there's no way I'm showing you my face and like yeah, you, you see my face. That means I'm always yeah. That means your fate is sealed if you see my face mm-hmm. in the situation. Right. Like that. Mm-hmm. So she, they really, really got lucky that these dudes were so stupid. Like, mm-hmm. like imagine shooting the person to the right and the person on the left falling too. I'm gonna be like, what the, do you think I'm that dumb? <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they really got lucky. These guys were dumb. I mean, the the thing is, like, um, what's his name? I keep on forgetting that. It's Cobb and it's um, uh, Adam. uh, Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Adams, he was actually remorseful. So, like, on his last day, you know, he actually apologized to the family and he was very, you know, remorseful for what he did. And, you know, it's it's like one of those things where can you really, like, if you're the victim or the the family of the victim, like, can you really forgive that person and sit there and watch them, you know, get electrocuted or injected? Like, what was the point? of forgiving them. Like, what am I trying to say? Like, I'm forgiving you, but I'm also like, okay, with you getting electrocuted. Right. I don't feel like that's the morally okay. Like, yeah, I forgive you, but I still want to watch you die. Like, what? right. That's kind of like the, the vibe that I get from that. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could really forgive somebody for doing mm-hmm. that kind of stuff to my family. Like, if you kill my son, like Kenneth, he seemed like such a, a cool person too. That's really what was sad. Cause you know, he was just a harmless guy, like, worked there. He would clean up. And, you know, they. the crazy part is they actually referred to him as, like, their guardian angel while he was alive because he was always there helping protect the girls. And, you know, he was there with them closing that night. And, you know, he was just a really nice person. So it's it's unfortunate. But, yeah, all in all, it was, it's a really sad story. But, it, you know, I guess they got victory and it came to a, a conclusion. I don't. I would want to say a happy ending because, you know, they were still victims, and of course, they are probably scarred from that for the rest of their life, physically mm-hmm. and mentally. So, yeah. But yeah, that was my story for this week. So, like, how you guys feel about the first episode? Like, when you like, what's the what's the what's the birdie? It was like, a good. It was good. Great stories. I love it. Though. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. So next week. We're going to have another story. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe you guys can come back. Yeah, maybe. So I can... <laughs> <laughs> but All right, anyone? You. Oh, oh yeah. If you guys have anything you guys want to shout out, share, <laughs> or, you know, like, you know, trying to cut my mic. Yeah. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Go I was going to say to anyone who's listening who may hear this, um, never let money control you in that way till you do some stupid shit. I mean, oops, I mean stupid stuff. Get out there and grind, yes, and build your wealth, but don't let it control you to where you come up with some half-ass plan (laughs) (laughs) and you go into a a freaking gas station to probably people that you know $250 (laughs) will rob people that you know. (laughs) That's my final word. Yep. Okay. Well, you heard it. And that is J Space Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you guys next time. You need an outro song.